Whether you've just started playing guitar or you've played guitar for a long time, chances are your guitar journey will inevitably lead you to the blues. And once you've been bitten by the blues bug, all you want to do is discover new blues artists. At least that's how it was for me. So chances are that's how it is for you as well. And that is the entire aim of today's Acoustic Tuesday show. I'm gonna be sharing with you 11 acoustic blues artists that you absolutely must hear. And there's a solid chance you haven't heard of the majority of the artists on my list. So go ahead and open up your ears, get your ear teeth ready to chomp on this sonic blues goodness. Hey, Tech family, this is episode 287 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more progress, fulfillment, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be looping you into some acoustic news you can use, which includes one of the best live performances I have ever heard, and you can hear it as well, two solid nods to the banjo, and much, much more. Plus, we're gonna be looking at some comments from a few past acoustic Tuesday shows, but first, let me introduce you to 11 acoustic players, uh, players that have shaped the course of acoustic blues music. Now, before I dig into our first artist on my list, and this list is in no particular order, by the way, I want to remind you that here uh, in a few episodes, on episode 290, which will air on May 9th, 2023, that will be an Ask Me Anything episode. You can ask me anything you want, and it doesn't even have to be guitar related. So again, that episode is happening May 9th, 2023. It will be episode 290. If you wanna ask me a question, it's very easy. You can do so in the comments below. Type the letters A, M, A, and then go ahead and ask me your question. Again, it can be anything. It can be guitar related, but it doesn't have to be guitar related at all. Okay, let's dig into these acoustic blues artists that you absolutely must know, you need to hear. And again, this list is in no particular order. And uh, I don't think this will be the last time we look at some acoustic blues musicians that you need to hear about because I have been in the blues rabbit hole, plain and simple. I've been discovering new artists pretty much every day for the last I don't know, probably month or longer. And when I say new artists, I'm not referring to artists that have just come out. I'm referring to old time Delta blues artists that have literally shaped the course of blues music. So first up on my list is Scrapper Blackwell. Here's a little bit of info about Scrapper. He was born in Syracuse, an unincorporated settlement in Darlington County, South Carolina on February 21st, 1903. So very certainly uh, an early blues artist. And let's go ahead and listen to him right now. Play the song, Going Where the Moon Crosses the Yellow Dog. And all I have, I have one word, all I have to do, I have one word to describe Scrapper, and it is emotion. And if I was to add another word, it'd be pure emotion. Here he is. Be good to me, and I'll sure be good to you. Well, that's just the kind of way I got you want to do. I lay last night asleep. Lord, I'm thinking to myself, 
Next up, playing a very different style is Robert Belfour. Robert Belfour, Robert Wolfman Belfour, was born in Red Banks, Mississippi on September 11th, 1940. His very first album was released in 2000, in the year 2000. Crazy to think that I've actually never heard him at all until last week. And this is ironic because my favorite goaltender of all time is Ed Belfour. So you'd think that me just seeing the last name Belfour at some point in my life would draw me to Robert Belfour, the blues musician. It didn't until last week. And I gotta tell you, if I was to describe Robert's music, Robert's approach in one word, it would be hypnotic. I believe he is of the Mississippi Hill Country blues genre, which is known for its kind of droney, hypnotic approach and man, um, his albums, he's, he's got two of them out. They are addicting to listen to. If you're ever on a long road trip, cue up some Robert Belfour and the time will just literally melt away. Here he is playing the song, You Got Me Crying. Yes, I love you, baby. Next up is Robert Hicks, better known as Barbecue Bob. He was born on September 11th, 1902. Yes, he shares a birth date with the previous artist, Robert Belfour. Not the same year, but the same date. And Barbecue Bob is an interesting artist because his approach to blues falls under the finger style category, but it's not your typical alternating bass style. It's more of a, a frailing, almost a, a claw hammer style, if you will. Maybe not exact claw hammer, but maybe more of a frailing, old-time banjo style that he brought to uh, the 12-string guitar. And occasionally he'd play slide on the 12-string and uh, just a sonic assault. And one of the dare I say, one of the smoothest voices in old time blues. And let's go ahead and hear him right now. Here he is playing the song, Mississippi Heavy Water Blues. I'm sitting here looking at all of this mud and my gal got washed away in that Mississippi flood. That's why I'm crying, Mississippi Heavy Water Blues. The artist I'm about to introduce you to was introduced to me by Charlie Parr. I had never heard of Mance Lipscomb before, but I had Charlie Parr here in the studio some years ago and I was interviewing him and he brought up Mance Lipscomb. And in my head, I was like, I need to mark this moment because I have never heard of Mance Lipscomb and I definitely need to do my homework. And I'm so glad that I did. Uh, Mance was born April 9th, 1895. And so definitely an old time blues player and a phenomenal fingerstyle player. We're talking alternating bass, uh, catchy rhythm, solid as a train rhythm. And uh, here he is playing the song, Captain, Captain. Captain, 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 Captain,
Colton Allen is next, better known as Blind Boy Fuller, born July 10th, 1904. And to the best of my knowledge so far, on the list I have given you, we have not heard a resonator guitar. We're gonna hear one right now. And there's one thing I want you to notice about his style. While he's singing, his rhythm is pretty regular, pretty dialed in. But when he does these fills, they feel a little crooked, right? So he stops singing, he does this little kind of single note fill on the guitar. It feels a little crooked, it feels a little off time. And to me, that adds a ton of charm to his playing. Let's go ahead and hear him play right now. Here's the song, I'm a Rattlesnakin' Daddy. Uh, don't read too much into these lyrics. Here he is. I woke up this morning about half past four. Somebody knocking on my back door saying, that's my rattlesnake and daddy. That's my rattlesnake and daddy. That's my rattlesnake and daddy. Wants to rattle all the time. Yes, he rattled this morning about half past three. Half past four, he want to rattle some more. Cause that's my rattlesnake and daddy. That's my rattlesnake and daddy. Now you're gonna hear some Piedmont blues from Etta Baker. Etta Baker was originally born Etta Lucille Reed in Caldwell County, North Carolina on March 31st, 1913. Her style feels laid back, yet it is extremely powerful. Now I found a video of her playing and I wanted you to see her playing, just to see how kind of relaxed she is. However, I don't have a song name. So uh, this is just an excerpt of her playing so you can see her style, so you can hear her approach to the guitar. Here she is. And I like this, it's, it's more of a blues. Now you could be thinking to yourself, Tone, this is an awesome list, but I've actually heard of a, a few of these players already. And that's the exact reason I made this list. Because some of these players, yeah, I've been listening to for a long time. And I take for granted that I just assume everybody knows them, right? I just assume everybody knows these players, but everybody doesn't. And the whole purpose of this episode, the whole purpose of this list and the subsequent lists in this vein are to help people, or rather is to help people discover new artists to them. You might be just starting your guitar journey and you may have never ever heard of Blind Boy Fuller. You may have, you may have never heard of Scrapper Blackwell. This is your chance. This is your chance to discover new old music. So uh, bear with me because for the folks that have heard of a lot of these players so far, um, there are, well, there's definitely one that you haven't heard. I, I'm, I put money on it. I'd put money on it. Okay, but, but we'll get there. Uh, next up on my list is an all-time favorite and somebody you may very well have heard before, but somebody that deserves a spot on this list because well, he's just plain awesome. And that is about the lamest descriptor for Charlie Patton. Charlie Patton was born April 1891. 
Probably. Obviously, records weren't super dialed in at this point in time in history. So the um, the date is unsure. The year is unsure. Some say it's 1896, I think. But uh, let's just call it the 1800s, the late 1800s. Uh, and Charlie Patton, I think, is you know, next to Robert Johnson, one of the founding fathers of acoustic blues. And I say that loosely because I feel like all of these players have played a role in shaping acoustic blues history. So while I am hesitant to say that one is more important than the other, I do think knowing Charlie Patton, his style and his music is fairly important. So let's do that right now with the song Shake It and Break It. You shake it, you break it, you can hang it on the wall. And I don't want up kids it going on. Quick note on Charlie Patton. There's a great series of collections put out on Third Man Records. I believe it's a four-volume series uh, on vinyl that is phenomenal. It's the full breadth of Charlie Patton's work. Now, I will say volume one, three, and four are pretty easy to get. You can order them directly from Third Man. Volume two has been out of stock for some time. And I'm actually still on the hunt for a copy of that. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you're type A like me and you want the full set, you might have to you might have to just suppress the type A-isms and get one, three, and four, and then go on a hunt for volume two. Anyways, on to the next artist, uh, Mississippi John Hurt. You have to know about him. I discovered Mississippi John Hurt relatively late in my guitar journey. I had been playing for, gosh, five or six years. And then all of a sudden... I discover Mississippi John Hurt, one of the smoothest, most relaxed blues players I have ever seen, plain and simple. His thumb is as steady as steady gets. In fact, I think one of the great attributes of Mississippi John Hurt's playing is the steadiness and regularity of his alternating bass on his picking hand. <clears throat> Originally born, excuse me. John Smith Hurt, March 8th, 1893. Let's go ahead and listen to one of his infamous songs. Can you say that in a sentence? One of his infamous songs? One of his famous songs? I don't know if famous is the right word either. One of his most uh, popular songs and one of his most attractive songs to guitar players, uh, Spike Driver Blues. You just take this hammer and carry it to my captain. Oh, tell him we're gone. Won't you tell him I'm gone? John Henry, he left his hammer Plain side the road Plain side the road Another female artist is next. We had Etta Baker, and now we have Gishi Wiley. Now, interesting story with, with Gishi Wiley. In fact, well, I guess it's not really a story. I'm just going to read a quick little excerpt here. Little is known of her life, and there are no known photographs of her. She may have been born Lily Mae Boone on November 14th, 1908, later Lily Mae Scott, but question marks surround all of that. So kind of a mysterious character in the blues scene, but wow, you want to talk absolutely haunting vocals. 
Gishi Wiley's got it, and I think the song that is maybe more widely known from her is the song Last Kind Words. Now, I will say this, you may have heard this song before, but you may not have known it was sung by Gishi Wiley. So, in order to connect those dots, let's listen to her song, Last Kind Words. The last kind words I hear my dad say Last, the last kind words I hear my daddy say If I die, if I die in the German wall Hailing from Greenwood, Mississippi, Walter E. Lewis is next, better known as Furry Lewis. Talk about an interesting style. Uh, he was born March 6th, 1893. His style, uh, the video you're about to see, really shows uh, a, a great angle of both his fretting hand and his picking hand. And his picking hand is... It has got a mind of his own. He's got this wonderful driving thumb that finds itself sometimes even on the higher strings. But then when he goes to strum chords, it's all upstrokes with his index and uh, middle finger, it looks like. He incorporates single string licks. He incorporates slide. And all in all, it's a... Um, I feel like it's his, his sonic fingerprint. It'd be very hard, I guess in my opinion, in my experience, it'd be hard to replicate his style because it is so nuanced and it is very much uh, his own. So let's listen to Furry Lewis play the song, I'm Going to Brownsville. And that woman I love in God, great long curly hair. The final artist on this list is one that, again, I would put money on that you haven't heard before. Belton Sutherland, born February 14th, 1911. Oh, man, that Valentine's Day was a heck of a good day. Uh, 1911, the same year as Robert Johnson, who is not on this list, but somebody, if you have not heard his music, I would definitely delve into Robert Johnson, but that's not the point right now. The point right now is Belton Sutherland. There were some videos posted on YouTube from, I believe, the Alan Lomax archives of Belton playing blues music on a front porch, and it is captivating. Now, very little is known of Belton Sutherland. At least I tried to find you know any information about him, and it was pretty darn sparse. There was a blues magazine that did uh, kind of a, a cobbled-together profile of him, but um, as far as albums that he's on, don't really know of any. I think the only recorded documentation is uh, the video that you're about to see. I think there's a series of, of three videos available. Uh, not exact. You can, of course, do a search. His last name is spelled S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. Again, Belton Sutherland. And here he is playing, I guess, the song, uh, Blues Number 2. What a strange thing happened. Someday it might happen to you.
She's a brown skinned woman. Dimples in her old jaw. Now, this is the first of many blues artists lists that I'm going to be sharing with you in the upcoming episodes. But right now, in the comments below, who's a blues artist that you want to tell your fellow guitar geeks about? Let me know in the comments below. Let's create a really long list. And uh, we could repeat some names. That's totally fine. But let's just create a cool list of awesome blues artists so that you know, anybody new to the blues or anybody looking to discover other artists that they maybe don't know uh, can just go in the comments, surf, and do a couple of little searches and hear some new music. Um, like I said, I'm going to be doing more of these lists because I'm just stuck. I'm stuck in a blues rabbit hole, and I, I don't want to get out. I want to stay stuck. So I'm going to be delivering to you a few more lists like this because there's just so many of those old artists that well, I don't want them to fall by the wayside, and I would love them to continually be incorporated into our guitar geek world. So uh, if you dug this list, stay tuned, because there's going to be quite a few more. And also, I'll remind you that Ask Me Anything episode is coming up, episode 290. Uh, that's going to be May 9th, 2023. If you have a question for me, and it could be anything, hence the name of the episode, go ahead and put it in the comments below as well. Uh, just use the letters AMA, and then go ahead and ask me that question. Onto your first dose of acoustic news you can use. And first, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna keep beating this drum because, well, I need to, and you need to know about it because time is of the essence. Uh, Fretboard Summit, it's gonna be held in Chicago August 24th through the 26th. You can learn all you need to know about it at fretboardsummit.org. It is quite literally the epicenter of the guitar geek world. It's happening at the Old Town School of Folk Music again in Chicago, and um, it's it's incredible. I went last year and just, it was, it was the highlight of my year. And this year, just when I thought it couldn't get any better, uh, it, it did. Uh, Yorma Kalkinen's gonna be there, Jack Broadbent's gonna be there, uh, Tommy Emanuel's gonna be there, all performing. There's gonna be killer workshops, and I do have to say, uh, I was invited to do a workshop as well, so I'm, I'm just looking forward to this more than I did last year, if that's even possible, and I'd love to meet you uh, if you happen to uh, uh, if you happen to go to this fretboard summit, I'm also going to be there with Thompson Guitars doing a couple presentations with them. So uh, I'm going to be interacting with the festival a lot more this year. And I'm just so, I'm just so excited. Again, it's August 24th through the 26th. Uh, learn all about it at fretboardsummit.org tickets for a three-day pass. Now, I'm not just talking shows. I'm talking workshops, and I'm talking you being able to go and peruse guitars from some of the world's top luthiers. Uh, last year, I was able to check out Micah Bruce's guitars. I was able to check out Leo Buendia guitars. I was able to check out Gage Hallen's guitars, Mario Beauregard, um, and I'm sure uh, uh, Michi Matsuda, he was there. I had to play one of his guitars, and it was like a, it was like, you know, the, the angels came down and it was like, oh, it was incredible. Uh, Isaac Jang, um, so many, so many. Uh, Collings is there, Martin is there, Yamaha is there. Um, so it's not just shows, it's not just workshops, it's a full immersive guitar geek experience. And uh, for the three-day pass, tickets are only $350. Now that that might seem like a lot, and, and I'm not saying it's, it's, it's cheap, but for what you get, it, it, 
it is in context it's it's actually not that much for a ticket to this for 3 days now keep in mind these three-day passes are limited to only 250 attendees. So uh, they've been on sale for about a month, and I'm just guessing here, but I have a, a I have a feeling, I have a sneaking suspicion that the remaining tickets are probably pretty limited. So if you're thinking about doing this, um, hop on it. Hop on it now because you don't want to be like, ah, oh, I missed the three-day pass. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and hop on that now. Again, fretboardsummit.org will give you all the information you need. And if you're going, uh, let me know in the comments below. I'd love to meet you there. I met a lot of TAC members, a lot of Acoustic Tuesday viewers uh, last year, and it was just darn awesome. And speaking of awesome things, oh man, have I got a live performance for you. Uh, if you've watched the Acoustic Tuesday show for a while, you know that I am a huge Kelly Joe Phelps fan. Now he passed away, I want to say it was last year, year and a half ago or so. Um, and it was just kind of a, it was one of those stunners. It was one of those stunners and it really kind of hit me as just purely as a fan. And there's been a lot of live shows being posted on YouTube from Kelly Joe Phelps fans. And I found one that is purely brilliant. It is just one of the most captivating live shows I've ever heard because you can just tell that Kelly Joe is in the moment and loving it. I want you to hear a song from it. It's Kelly Joe Phelps playing at the the Muse the Muse let me let me get the exact name. Um, it's live at let me see the title's going to load up here. Live at the Evening Muse in Charlotte, North Carolina. The show was on December 4th, 2007. I want you to hear just one tiny excerpt of a song from it, and it's a, a traditional song, folk song called Mole in the Ground. Here it is. Infamous String Dusters is one of my favorite dobro players, one of my favorite musicians, both because he is uh, an extreme technician when it comes to the instrument, but also he has this wonderful view of, of music and the experience of playing live. And it's almost a, a in a way, I would say it's almost a, a, a spiritual approach. But he posted a video that was just some words of encouragement to musicians, broadband. And I want you to hear it because it just feels good. He says the exact right thing that you need to hear. Here's Andy. Hey, what's up, friends? Hey, this one is for all my musician friends out there. I just wanted to say what you're doing makes a difference. 
whether you're just playing in your bedroom and that brings you joy, that joy you feel is going to change you and it's going to radiate out and impact the people around you. If you're an up-and-coming band and you're grinding it out on the road and it's hard and you're trying to build your fan base, what you're doing uh, does make a difference. It's important. Um, even folks who are wildly successful many times are unsure if what they're doing is enough. And uh, I'm here to tell you it is. You're changing people's lives. Even if you just post videos on YouTube from your bedroom, people are seeing that. They're being impacted by it. So um, keep it up. It makes a difference. And you're bringing a lot of joy into this world. Anytime I can incorporate hockey and guitar, I do so. So I found this post from House of Guitars, and it is all-star goalie of the Rochester Americans and former Chicago Blackhawk, former Vegas Golden Knight, uh, Malcolm, former Buffalo Sabre, uh, Malcolm Subban, says uh, he stopped by today to pick up an awesome guitar. Go Americans. And um, yeah, uh, just so cool. Just so cool. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, Malcolm Subban is, well, now he's definitely a guitar player, but I believe he is an incredible vocalist. I think singing the national anthem for a Buffalo Sabres game at one point. Uh, so, so cool to see that crossover, the hockey music crossover. I'm always interested in it. And then finally, on your first dose of acoustic news, you can use uh, Mule Resonator Guitar Madness. Um, Mule Guitars just made a thousand guitars, and Matt is doing something ridiculously special for it. And I mean ridiculous. I'm not just saying ridiculous as a turn of phrase. It's ridiculous. They made three highly custom, unique, engraved Mule Guitars. A Mavis, a Mule Caster, and a Tricone. And he's gonna hide something, this little mule icon, the Pegamule he's calling it, somewhere in the world. If you find the Pegamule icon, you get the three guitars. He'll be dropping hints on Instagram, etc. cetera. Uh, rather than me butcher it, let me go ahead and let Matt sh uh, tell you the story because um, pff, I've never seen anything like this and I think it's one of the coolest things in the world. Here's Matt. So we've made 1,000 Resonator guitars, 400 Mavises, and 400 Mule Casters, and to celebrate, we're playing a game. So the three instruments are all using materials that we haven't used before. This right here is a Brazilian rosewood top Mavis. Each instrument is engraved by Richard Leg of Indra Guitars. I'll have uh, close-up pictures on the website so that you can see the pretty amazing detail involved with uh, all the engraving on these instruments. This is a brass mule caster. And this is a bronze, yes, the same bronze that your strings are made out of. This is a bronze tricone. And the color or the camera doesn't really do justice to the color of this uh, bronze. And so the twist is, you can win them, but it's not just a raffle. I'm not just going to pick random names from a spreadsheet. We're going to play a game. So Jack Baumgartner is a good friend of mine and he's been with Mule since the beginning. He's made all the certificates and uh, inside labels for the instruments and he also made this we're calling it the mule icon 
I'm going to hide this somewhere in the world. And if you find it, these three guitars are yours. Find the icon, return it to Mule headquarters, and the three instruments are yours. 1,000 resonator guitars. How, how just mind-bending is that for a small company specializing in such beautiful steel-bodied resonator instruments. Uh, great stuff. Uh, first of all, I, I should mention uh, congratulations to Matt and all the guys at the Mule Shop. Um, just a huge milestone, and what an awesome way to celebrate it. I mean, I just, the stories involved in this, I cannot wait to see develop. Uh, so best of luck if you're out there searching for the, uh, the Pega Mule, because you'll get three just <laughs> unique and incredible instruments. Um, speaking of guitars, go ahead and grab yours. We're gonna see what the Tack family is working on today. And today is a little different. Now, every week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we rotate through the five essential skills that help you learn songs faster. Your fluency in these five essential skills will help you look at songs through a different lens and they seemingly start to fall under your fingers with relative ease. On Mondays, the TAC family works on a technique challenge. Tuesdays, a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. Now today, as I mentioned, they're doing something a little different. This entire week with Tony's Acoustic Challenge, the fam is working on bar chords. Each day is dedicated to refining and honing your approach to bar chords, the continual, the, the ever-present thorn in every guitar player's side. So here's a quick glimpse as to uh, what they're going through this week. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is gonna be quite different today. It's really not a guitar lick at all because the Tack family this week is going through a five-day bar chord challenge where each day we look at a different aspect of the bar chord and try and refine it to make bar chords a little bit easier to make them require a little bit less effort. So Tack family, if you wanna dig into this challenge, please do so. Go ahead and log in, click Start Challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video where I teach you everything note for note, then move to the play along video. Adjust it to a speed that's comfortable for you and don't forget to click the tab icon in the lower right hand corner so you can have the tab and the video right next to one another. So rather than isolate one specific challenge of this five day challenge, I thought today, I would shed some light upon three different things that you can do to clean up your bar chords immediately. So let me go ahead and lay the foundation. First things first, the TAC fam is looking at the E-shaped bar chord and the A-shaped bar chord. Notice I said shape, right? I didn't call these a chord specifically because they're movable. Depending on where you place that bar chord, it will be a different chord. Same is true for the A-shape. But what's true is regardless of where I move it on the guitar neck, it is the same shape. That's why I'm referring to these bar chords as shapes, not the chord that they actually are. So the first thing you can do is your barring finger in most cases, in this case, it's your index finger. So instead of planting that flat against the fingerboard, what I want you to do is rotate it to the side. The side of your index finger is much harder. It's much more bony. Therefore, it's gonna give you a much more solid approach to threading all of those strings, right? If you're flat on, your finger's kind of mushy. It's got the pad. You can get a lot of muted, muted strings there, right? So if you roll it to the side, you'll have a much stronger fretting surface and a more useful fretting surface. So tip number one, rotate your index finger. 
Tip number two involves your fret or your picking hand, not your fretting hand. Check this out. If you're making a bar chord, be it an E shape or an A shape, doesn't matter, and you're having a hard time holding it down, you feel like it's sounding cruddy, you can't get a good firm grip on that bar chord, what I want you to do is use your picking hand as a lever, a point of leverage, right? See how this is moving the guitar neck away from me? I'm exaggerating this a lot right now, but as I press down with my picking hand, the guitar neck's moving forward. Well, if I'm holding a bar chord and I press down with my picking hand, all of a sudden I'm pushing the guitar neck into my fretting hand, creating a much more solid uh, fretting experience, for lack of a better term. So yeah, use your picking hand as a lever. You don't have to wrench on it. This is just a subtle push to give you that much uh, better contact for the strings on the fretboard rather for, for the strings to reach the frets on the fretboard. Okay, so that's tip number two. Tip number three is don't play the full bar chord. Now, that might seem counterintuitive, but in all honesty, don't play the full bar chord. I'll look at a couple different variations with you right here. So let's take the E-shaped bar chord. You can play the high strings. You can play the low strings. You can play the middle strings. It doesn't matter. Right? You can still get some of that chord out there. And the beautiful thing about these pieces of chords is that they'll lead up to the bigger chord eventually. So you're not just taking a shortcut and dismissing the entire bar chord shape. No, you're actually building the bar chord shape. It might not be all six strings right now. That's okay. Just play four, just play three. And know that the more you do that, the closer you'll get to the, to the fully realized shape, right? And the same is true for that A shape, right? You can play the high strings. You can play the low strings. You can play the middle strings. It doesn't matter. Each of those pieces will then start to add up and you'll eventually be able to play that full bar chord. So I hope that certainly helped. Um, a couple of other, other things I wanna throw at you in regards to bar chords. I chose a guitar with a shorter scale length today. That always helps because less tension on the strings means it's easier to fret. So keep that in mind. And also, and this is a big one, regardless of what guitar you're playing, make sure to get it set up. You know, set up meaning like you don't want the strings so high off the fretboard, it's impossible to fret. When you take your guitar in for a setup, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to play and those bar chords become much closer to reach. So just a couple of things to think about with bar chords. TAC fam, I hope you're enjoying the five day bar chord challenge. And as you do so, you know, I thought about something right before I sat down to film this. And that is, you know, a lot of times we think of these things we have to do with guitar, right? I have to learn bar chords. And we think of it as a pass fail. Oh, I sat down, I didn't learn bar chords today. Oh, I sat down, I did learn bar chords today. It very seldom works that way. It's very seldom is it a light switch. It's a process. So trust the process. That's why I'm telling you to divvy these bar chords up into pieces. It's okay. It's a process. You're not going to sit down one day and automatically get bar chords. But if you start to infuse your bar chords, bar chords with these tips, over time, you will get them. Remember, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and it should be fun. So build your bar chords up piece by piece. And before you know it, you'll look back on a day like today and be like, man, I can't believe how far I've grown or how far I've come. My bar chords, I can actually do them now because I trusted the process.
Let's look at some comments from a few past Acoustic Tuesday shows, namely the Thompson Guitars episode and the National Guitars episode, where I showed you some guitars from my personal guitar arsenal. Uh, and this is a great chance, uh, speaking of comments, it's a great chance for me to remind you that there is an Ask Me Anything episode coming up here on May 9th, 2023. So get your questions in the comments below. Just use the letters AMA, and then go ahead and ask me your question right down there in the comments. Uh, and this first comment, again, speaking of comments, comes from Robert Dievendorf. I hope I said that right. From the uh, Thompson Guitars episode, he says this, I'm a new TAC member and love your teaching style. I've been dabbling for 50 plus years. My wife says five years over and over again. It's time to develop the basics and need discipline to do that. Your program serves that to me on a silver platter. Thank you. And then uh, a little bit later in the episode, a little bit later in the comments, he, he adds another comment. He says, my vote is for the Mad Addy. And that's referring to uh, the Thompson Dreadnought that I have. That's Madagascar Rosewood and Adirondack Spruce. He says, I love the sound, but that may be because I own an HD28. I also appreciate the sound Mahogany produces, but for different purposes. I use an Adirondack Mahogany CEO 7 by Martin, of course, primarily for finger picking, but it also holds up for strumming. Two completely different sounds that defy comparison. They each have their special role to play. Indeed, Robert, welcome to the TAC family. Sounds like you got quite the guitar signal yourself there. That's that's pretty darn awesome. And um, overwhelmingly, uh, this was surprising to me. You know, I had asked in that episode which Thompson Dread you liked better. I compared a, a Cuban Mahogany Dreadnought to a Madagascar Rosewood Dreadnought. Overwhelmingly, the choice was for the Madagascar Rosewood Dreadnought, which really surprised me. I expected it to be smack dab down the middle. And um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting stuff. The next comment comes from Michelle V222. She says, these episodes are great. And every time I watch one and see Tony with a guitar, I start to play again. Awesome, love that. You know, that's really the whole point of the Acoustic Tuesday show is to just give you a little uh, shot of inspiration in your week to help you pick up the guitar, help you maintain a consistent guitar routine. And it sounds like, Michelle, you're doing that very thing. This next comment comes from Miss Q, also known as Jacqueline. And she says this, my husband and I were aboard the Kayamo Cruise with Tommy Emanuel. He is amazing to watch live. Not only that, he is extremely personable. It seemed like he always had a guitar and would jam with guests on the ship. One time, we were leaving the buffet area and he jammed with one of the workers who says washy washy to the guests as they enter the buffet area to put hand sanitizer on their hands. They burst into an ad-libbed song of I want to wash your hands to the tune of the Beatles, I want to hold your hand. I continued to see the worker afterwards and when I would see him, we'd sing a bit of the I want to wash your hands together and he would smile ear to ear. He truly made that worker's week and made a wonderful impression on me. And I have to say, what a great experience and I echo that. You know, I had a chance to interview Tommy uh, both on the phone and uh, here in the studio and rather when I was working at uh, Music Villa for the Acoustic Letter, I interviewed him in their studio. And one of the most kind, gracious individuals I have ever met um, even called me to thank me for the interview afterwards, which stunned me. It really, really stunned me. So anyways, I echo that sentiment, and it's so cool that, Jacqueline, you had that experience. Uh, great stuff. Uh, the next couple comments come from the National Guitars episode where I showed you the uh, National Estradolita... Estradolita... <laughs> where I showed you the National Estralita Deluxe 
and the uh, uh, National Supro uh, Collegian that I have. Wow, uh, that was a pretty good mashup there. Uh, the first comment comes from William Ostrand. He says this, I have a National Wood Rezo Rocket that I purchased f new from its designer, Steve James. Steve was the most awesome slide guitar player I've ever heard, and I also considered him a friend. Unfortunately, Steve passed away this past year. That uh, the guitar came directly from Steve, that the guitar came directly from Steve makes it a very special possession indeed. And you can add Steve James to the list of blues artists that you need to hear. Um, just to, yeah, uh, it was all said there by William. Uh, next up, uh, the comment comes from CPH630. My only Hawks jersey is actually the Griswold jersey, like worn by Chevy, Chevy Chase in the Christmas vacation. It's sort of a family tradition from my brother at Christmas time. It's always so cool to go to a Hawks game and see the Griswold jersey. The double zero uh, makes me think of probably the best movie ever made, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, so many quotable lines, such an incredible movie, and I look forward to watching it every single year. I never get sick of it. And the final comment here comes from Andrew Morgan. Hi, Tony. I own a gold tone Paul Beard Signature Series PBR wooden body resonator, and I'm very happy with it. All the best, Andy, in Serphilly, United Kingdom. I probably butchered that, but I tried my best. Um, speaking of resonators, you know, th that resonator guitar episode, I showed those those two national guitars, and there were a couple of comments like, hey, Tone, why don't you feature a couple of inexpensive uh, resonator guitars? And to which I, I absolutely will in a future episode. I'll, I'll look at some other options uh, out there. But uh, I'll mention Republic right off the bat. And then uh, to follow up on that comment from Andrew, um, Gold Tone. Gold Tone offers some wood body resonator guitars. They also just started making again, I think it's the GME, I could be wrong. It's a, it's a metal-bodied uh, resonator, a thin metal-bodied resonator with a lipstick pickup uh, designed by Paul Beard. They just released it in a black finish. This thing is awesome. I remember years ago, they released this guitar in a, a pure nickel, uh, kind of a plated finish, and it was just one of the best bangs for your buck in the resonator world. So uh, make sure to check that out if you're looking for a lesser expensive resonator. Recording King also offers some, uh, Regal does, uh, amongst many other brands that I'll, I'll get to those in a later episode. Okay, uh, time for your second dose of acoustic news you can use. And we're gonna give a couple nods to the banjo here. Uh, this first one comes from Pisca Banjos. Pisca Banjos are just well-made, consciously made instruments. My first experience with a Pisgah banjo was at the Old Town School of Folk Music, ironically, during last year's Fretboard Summit. I actually shot a, a banjo review for the store there, and uh, I had a chance to play the Pisgah Lady Banjo, White Lady Tone Ring, beautiful instrument, and uh, it left an impression on me. It certainly left its mark on me. And they just released a, a small mini documentary about uh, their banjos, their approach to building banjos, and I thought it was a necessary watch. It's like four minutes and 14 seconds, and um, it's beautifully shot. The camera work is gorgeous, but more importantly, the message and the approach to their banjo making is pretty high level, awesome, very conscious stuff. So let's look at a small snippet of that documentary right now. When I started Pisgah Banjos in 2012, I asked myself, how can we be good stewards of the land? How can we be good stewards of the energy that we use and where it comes from? and where we get the wood and where we source our parts. We 
we will solely use native Appalachian hardwoods in every aspect of the build process. And we are 100% solar powered. I want to be a better banjo builder, but I want to do it in a way that is as sustainable as possible. And also in a way that we can affect the change and make banjos as accessible as possible to a larger population. On another banjo note, I wanted to bring your attention to a new 10-part banjo course on the history of the banjo taught by Rhiannon Giddens, um, one of the main spokeswomen for the banjo as an instrument, its place in culture all across history, and I could not think of a better person to put together a course like this. I watched a quick little trailer of it and was captivated. I really was. I actually, I think it was a section of the course. It was like 20 minutes. I was supposed to be doing work, and I just got whisked away. I, I, incredible information, and the banjo has such far-reaching history and so much culture around it. Um, it's 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 fascinating. So let me just put it this way. If you've ever watched the Discovery Channel, if you've ever watched A&E, if you've ever watched any of those shows on any topic and really have been digging the history aspect, this course is for you. It's brought to you by Wondrium. And I say brought to you by, and I'm always hesitant to say that because I'm not sponsored by them. I don't, I just thought this was cool and I wanted you to know about it. Uh, so that being the case, let me show you a quick little clip of the course. And if you want to learn more about it, uh, you can go on Rhiannon Giddens' Instagram. There's links to it there, but also search, I think, Wondrium, W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M. And I think you'll be able to find it there as well. But first, let's just lay your eyes upon this video. So when you are trying to correct a false narrative, you have to lean in on the piece that has been obscured, the piece that's been hidden. And in this narrative, the piece that's been hidden is the fact that banjo is an African invention. It has African ancestors, and that it was invented by the African diaspora in the Caribbean. That is a big piece of information. And from that piece, there are huge branches of other information that has also been obscured, that has also been erased, but that is very important for our correct understanding of where American culture comes from. And finally, since we're talking about the blues, I mentioned some resonator guitars. I showed you my resonator guitars. I found this old ad for a, a national triolian, and I just wanted you to see it. I just wanted you to see it because it just puts things into perspective. I think it's from the 30s. Um, you could own a national triolian metal guitar for 46 bucks. But you didn't even have to pay it all at once. You could put $7.50 down on that bad boy. And if you read the actual text of this, not only do you get the guitar, you also get an instruction book and a pick and a case. I mean, $46, 46 bucks. Uh, what a time, what a time. I always, I'm a sucker for those vintage ads, by the way. So I just wanted to selfishly include it in the show, but also, I just think it's always, it's always so cool to look at 
guitars that we now call vintage and are highly sought after, look at the original ads and what the original price was. I mean, granted, you have to adjust for inflation, but I always thought it's interesting. I thought the artwork is always cool. It's very, um, um, what's that? Uh, it's, it's very um, scrimshaw, not the word ink, I don't know. It's the artwork I like, okay? I don't know what to call it, but it's cool. And uh, I think on those scrimshawed notes, <laughs> yikes, right? <laughs> I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. And next week will be a continuation of this blues guitarist list. Yes, I'm gonna show you 11 more blues artists next week. So grab your pen, grab your paper, open up your ears, get ready to bathe in sonic blues goodness, because that's what's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Now, when I was getting ready for these shows, I made a spreadsheet, I actually don't have it up here, but I think it was 89 cells, 89 rows of blues guitarists that I want you to know about. So when I say that these shows with the lists of artists you need to hear are coming up and there's going to be quite a few of them. Yeah, there's going to be quite a few of them. So uh, stay tuned next week for your another, for, for your another, for another dose of acoustic blues musicians you need to hear. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. Do remember this, your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day you play. Yes, fun should be your very top priority always. The more fun you have, the more you will play. The more you will play, the more you will achieve consistent progress. And all of us guitar geeks want that. And with that, I'll let you go. Again, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek. And I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers to you. Guitar geeks unite. And oh yeah, this is, uh, this is my Hodag mug. For those of you who know the Hodag, you know the importance of this mug. Cheers to you, Guitar Geeks Unite. Take care.